0: Hey everybody, welcome back to the Luck It All podcast. This is your host, Elias Roush. This podcast is sponsored by EliasRoushMedia.com, photo, video, digital media production. This podcast will be divided into two parts, the episode five and episode six. It will be clearly marked in the show notes if you want to just uh, skip to one of the parts. Thank you. Here's the synopsis for episode five. In flashbacks, Denver and Moscow asked the professor if Juan... Moscow's grandchild can join them in the heist. But the professor is hesitant. In the present, Gondia restrains Tokyo in the panic room and announces on the bank's intercom that he has Tokyo and that Palermo was the one that aided his escape. In flashbacks, Berlin tells the professor that dozens of hostages could stage a rebellion at some point and that it would be wise to have an infiltrated member pose as a hostage to defuse a pivotal revolt, the professor, Moscow, and Denver meet Juan, who is now a trans woman that goes by Julia. In the present, she poses as a hostage in the bank and goes by Manila. Palermo admits to the professor that that what Ganda said, Gondia was said was true. The professor assures he will be punished later. And orders the group to unchain him. The robbers continue to melt the gold in the foundry. Forty-three point five tone, tones? tones, tones. I don't know. At the, at that point, while in the freight elevator, Bogota and Nairobi kiss passionately and mentions that they should marry after the heist, as Rio and Denver enter an elevator. Gandia throws a grenade into it just as the doors close, and the two rush to muffle the grenade with their bulletproof vests and helmets to survive the explosion. As a shootout ensues between Gandia and all of the members of the gang, with the exception of the restrained Tokyo and a wheelchair-bound Nairobi, who remains armed in a bathroom, Gandia escapes through a duct. And the duct leads him to the room Nairobi is in, and he headlocks her. So that episode, episode five, whoa, I, it, it it really ramped it up. It's it's what I think the uh, money heist actually does. It's uh, it's best on. I think that some of the best episodes happen in the middle of the season, if I remember correctly, and kind of leading up toward the end. I do feel like. Majority of the time, it can be a little bit slow of a beginning. Kind of just working your way back into the money heist world. But um, overall, we find out a few things that are that are pretty interesting to uh, the plot. We get a nice little flashback with Moscow. And what is the guy's name that we lost? I always forget that guy's name. Um, let me see if I can find him real quick. We're, we'll do a... Uh, so the majority of things I wrote down in my uh, notes regarding this episode were: um, it was interesting that they kind of did a little backtracking. They were able to bring in the Oslo character. They, I think, they were bringing in uh, Moscow, Berlin, everybody for these flashbacks. You know, money heist is always heavy in flashbacks, and that's what you know is allows them to extend this bank heist story for so long because we're learning about these people as we're going in real time with the bank heist. Um, so. Um, it was, it was fun to get to see everybody in these uh, these flashbacks. Uh, I will say, I thought it was smart, but kind of easy to, you know, to see these plant, you know, sorry, seed these plants, to see these, uh, storylines of, you know, wait, one of the hostages was actually on our side the whole time, um, but, uh, and, and not talk about it till like midway through the season and just M- money heist is almost like watching a magic trick happen in a way. It's like, what are they going to do next? Because clearly it's going to be some bullshit or you know, not bullshit, but you know, it's, it's going to be something they whip out of nowhere. It's just like, holy shit. Like, how do they do that? Um, it, it just seems like they're constantly finding new ways to insert new characters and make people relevant and, uh, yeah, almost right off the bat, I thought that this was a very interesting character of uh, uh, the, the new character, Julia, who happens to be a trans woman. And um, there's some pretty interesting dialogue that goes along with it as well. So uh, I did think the Green Beret, uh, Ganada is getting a little bit too flashy with his style. I, th- I felt like it was somewhere around episode, like, four or five this guy just once he once they start telling they start giving him some backstory saying he was a bodyguard saying he was this saying he was that I felt like none of this was shown in part three or even at the beginning of part four but this Green Beret guy came out of absolutely nowhere and is just trying to uh, you know kind of you know chew up the screen a little bit in a way just you know take the stage and uh, the way that he was acting um, in the bathroom is uh, is a little extreme, and uh, the way he's acting in uh, the panic room, obviously, is obviously a little bit extreme as well. Um, it, it just seems like he's enjoying being too much of a psychopath and not really going too much for the hostages and he's not it doesn't really it feels like he's glorifying not not he's it's not that he's glorifying that he's enjoying just kind of uh you know picking at the uh the team instead of actually completing a mission. Yeah, so the G- Green Beret guy uh Gennada, I keep forgetting his name, is um Yeah, he's kind of uh, given off that uh, assaulty, aggressive, alturo vibe. He didn't quite, uh, you know, assault, um, what's it, uh, uh, he did not sexually assault um, Tokyo, but he did uh, physically assault her. I mean, he whacked her in the head, but I mean, they were kind of going at it and stuff like that. And So she's chained up in the panic room. Yeah. and she's kind of out of the story for the last like couple episodes, and she's uh, you know very much on her own away from the company or away from the team when Grenada throws that grenade into these um into the elevator that Denver and Rio are in. I swear that that grenade is sitting there for like what feels like five ten seconds after he throws it in there. Um, Just feels like it took a very long time. They had enough time to take off their vest, put up their hat on, jump on each other, hold the thing down. I'm surprised that grenade didn't blow them half to hell. But yeah, they do this interesting divide on this episode by going back five minutes of showing what Nairobi and uh, Bogota are uh, doing in the elevator they're to, they're like hitting it off ready to get married and whatnot I'm like y'all need to chill out y'all need to calm down <laughs> this is way too fast this is just you know happening way too fast y'all need to uh, have a conversation but I, I guess they kind of are you know fast tracking it because of the, the the situation they feel like they you know they don't know if they're gonna live or if they're gonna die so um let me see. whatever we're doing here. Um, Monica and company release like a thousand rounds into this green beret. So this is right after the uh, you know, the two five minute split ups uh happen, and they're showing the uh, uh, Monica running up with I don't know some sort of AK or you know mid machine gun or something like that, and she's like <laughs> and she's like like all like unleashing all over. The green beret guy. I don't know how this guy is not like limping, done. Like he shot. Like I think he does get tagged a few a few times. I mean he does have uh, armor on and whatnot. But I mean there's like a thousand rounds. It's like um, I think Bogota is shooting too. I I think maybe Nairobi is. Like tons of people. Everybody shooting at uh, the green beret guy. Um, uh, Denver, I think, and Rio. I felt. I, I I've got a mixed feeling on Rio this season. This guy, it, it feels like he's being pushed around so much that he he doesn't have much. I know that he's got this like trauma, traumatized uh, spell about him, but my lord, it is it it's affecting the character in a way that I don't think is serving. The, the writing is not helping him in a way, saying that you know I need help or you know he, he, most of his stuff is kind of you know being sheltered this entire season. It's it's not my favorite version of Rio. Um, for sure, but um, yeah, I, I want him to get out out of this funk, and so obviously that's not just the flip of a switch. But um, still, I need him to have a conversation with somebody. But I guess there's just so much happening and so much other plot lines that are going that um, that's what's going to uh, dominate the screen. Um, what did I have as a prediction at the end of episode five? So yeah, we um, I. I predicted at the end of episode 5 because of what happened to Nairobi in the in the bathroom um uh and right before I got into episode 6 I was like yep Bogota's definitely going down that's how this is ending um so um go ahead and watch episode 6 to find out what happens next That was a pretty crazy um that was, a, that, that was an insane, like, you know, judo switch, uh, get up with throwing her hands on the doors and her head through the door. I was like, this is insane. Like, this guy has gone from being a green, you know, being a hostage to a green beret to a bodyguard to, like, just an insane, uh, you know, trickster. He, like... Killer, I, I I can't even think of the, the word that would even uh, describe him because he's, not only is he like uh, skilled and tactful, but he's also like clever and maniacal a little bit with it because he's also, uh, it seems like he's taking glee out of this in, in a way. I don't remember, I and he does have this vendetta against Nairobi. I don't remember exactly what she did. Maybe she popped him in the head, popped him in the face, and that's what caused him to go to, uh, the you know, to get locked up you know his hands locked up, but I don't remember exactly what happened. Um, I might have to get you know check spoiler uh, check spoilers check the comments or something like that. Let y'all uh, figure that out. But maybe someone there remembers. But anyways, whoa! I, I speed twist once again. You know, uh, always like to be thrown off on uh, the predictability trail. Once again, money heist delivers an unpredictable storyline. Um, Nairobi, at this point you've watched episode six. Yes, pour one out for Nairobi. We have lost her on this episode. Um, <laughs> of course, of course these are fictional characters and the people actually losing their lives out there and so I, I'm not trying to uh, downplay any of that. I'm just I'm just playing around. but seriously. But seriously, we did lose Nairobi tonight, and uh, you're going to have to pour one out, smoke one out, whatever you got to do to, uh, you know, uh, help yourself, calm yourself from this crazy-ass episode. So let's jump into the synopsis. The gang hears Nairobi's gunfire as they rush to her. Gandia shoots a hole through the door and forces her head through it while he ties her hands to the door. In flashbacks, Nairobi asks the professor to be the father of her child, in vitro fertilization, because she believes the professor had to have good genes, which can't deny it. Initially opposed to the idea, the professor agrees. In the present, although the panic room is not present on the bank's blueprints, The professor deducts the location of the panic room to be the vicinity of the governor's office, behind the governor's bathroom. The professor tells Palermo this. Tamayo and Suarez plan an assault on the bank. Meanwhile, the professor sends Marcel to Algeria, where the police tortured Rio, to gather intel. Gandia unties Nairobi and uses her to escape while the group holds him at gunpoint as he escapes he shoots Nairobi in the head killing her instantly Denver throws a grenade which injures Gandia so yes like I said off the top I was uh shooketh from this uh episode I was not ready for it um I kind of had predictions earlier that I was like, there is no way Nairobi's going to be taken out. She's had like four or five misfires on them trying to kill her. They literally shot her. The The police shot her. Um, uh, she was nearly strangled to death, and then she was actually shot again. Craziness. Um, but yeah, there is... Uh, I got some notes on this episode. The crazy head contraption, like I said at the top, I was like, "Holy shit!" That came out of nowhere. This guy is absolutely maniacal. Um, it was it was hella quick. But I guess because Nairobi is on you know a lot of drugs, hopefully she wasn't in pain when all you know too much pain when all this was happening. It didn't appear that she was in more distress than having her head put through a door and having her hands and wrists tied up. Um, yeah, obviously that's a lot of distress, but it didn't seem like she was like. You know, quote-unquote tortured, I guess. I mean, obviously, it's a horrible place to be and to have your final hours in a bathroom like that. Um, but yeah, there are tons of shots with her, uh, when it just zooms in on her, on her face, and it's, like, flashing back and forth from all the flashbacks of, uh, you know, happy things that had happened to her before. I should have even, uh, I should have, uh, thought about it when they were doing the flashback with Helsinki. They did a flashback with, she got a flashback with all of the girls dancing. Um, you know, there was a lot of forebodingness with the, uh, the marriage, like all of a sudden she wants to get married at episode two. It's like, no, no, no. These are the people that, you know, are saying they're clocking out on their final day. And then they always get shot on the last, it's the last day, it's the last, you know, because they know it's their last hoorah. So there was a lot of foreboding to this, especially with the flashback with all of the characters except for Denver that had and the professor that had all passed away. It was Oslo, Moscow, Berlin, and uh, and of course Nairobi. And I love that final uh, scene that we got in this episode with uh, once Nairobi has actually been shot. She they do flashes of her in this red dress, and um, you know she does this turnover, and we realize it's it's the same scene that you know, was earlier, I think in episode five of, you know, it was, it was kind of a flashback, but it was also a foreboding flashback. Um, makes me even wonder if it was a hundred percent true. So, um, and of course, Oslo got no lines. <laughs> they, they just underserved that guy so bad. I don't even, I I had to go back and look what that guy's name was. It was the other guy that was in the scene. That's like, Oh, it's Moscow, Berlin. Um, you know, we lost all these guys we love. And, uh, what was his name? Oh yeah. Oslo. Um, <laughs> And so uh, We do uh, Going back on onto the story uh, Tokyo is able to hear the music In the panic room Which I don't believe After they said like There's like 50 cubic tons Of cubic uh, You know Zyconium uh, Concrete between us And everybody else I was like I don't believe this I don't believe she'd be able To hear anybody If they can't hear Them yelling When they were down there Why would she be able To hear music Um, that That kind of doesn't make sense to me so everyone in the police unit knows about the green beret hostage gandia situation they um are all up to speed and of course the the rat in the the in the police unit knows all about this too and he's feeding all this information to the professor and whatnot um it's it's pretty crazy how they got that guy to just flip on a dime i mean they did like he did try to escape out of his, like, I don't know, fourth story window, second story, I don't remember how, how high it was, and he knocked, about knocked himself out in the, the pool, that was, <laughs> that was a funny scene a couple episodes back, um, but yeah, let's see, oh, let's see, I like the scene where they're saying, you know, the professor is, like, saying, we need to step back and see where we went wrong, and he goes as back far as, like, Season, you know part 3 talking about when Denver was supposed to go uh, when Gandia was supposed to go out there and they sent Denver I don't even remember why that went wrong like why did they not send Gandia out there I, like, um I don't exactly remember why that that happened I had to go back and you know check notes or spoiler section or podcast or something um but yeah I don't even remember Gandia being a big a big factor in part 3 I might just be you know in the Blurry in the dust. I don't even know what's going on. Um, But yeah, so there, he's like, you know, let's see where we go back. It was uh, Denver went out there instead of Gandia. And then Raquel couldn't climb a tree. Ah, oh, yes, I remember. I got to go work out. <laughs> and uh, it came to my attention that Marcel is just strictly there to be the audience surrogate. So it doesn't sound like the uh, <laughs> the professor is talking to himself. I, I, I'm kind of at the point in this season... Of thinking that they don't have the professor doing nearly as much intense stuff as they had the first couple of seasons. The first seasons, he was getting literally physically dirty. He had to go out to, like, these these locations and remove evidence. And he had to go, you know, you know run around in the dirt and cover himself in oil and shit like that. It was just, like, craziness. And... Uh, I really feel like they're they're kind of toning his character down as to what he actually has to do. I wonder if he's just getting a bigger paycheck he's like I ain't getting that dirty anymore. <laughs> um I I could definitely see that happening. But uh let's see what else is going on. Um, yeah, and so they kind of just show the explosions in reverse and whatnot. It it, it it it's visually interesting. Um let's see. Also the flashback with uh Julia and uh Denver Discussing what is Julia's interest now, as in regards to her being a trans woman and you know liking men, liking women, liking non-binary, liking you know different genders. What what are you interested in now? Now that you've decided uh, to change um, from a man to a woman, and I thought this was a fascinating uh, a fascinating piece of information with regards to how they're discussing um, you know interest now coming from a, a straight guy maybe i I'm, I'm completely out of the the realm of understanding how you should be approaching a respectful topic like acting uh, sorry asking a topic of this nature in a respectful manner however i felt denver did, a, did an okay job. I, I, th- I felt like he was doing his best. At, without you know. Trying to step on any toes. Which is obviously what it sounds like. I'm trying to do. What's out, I'm trying not to do now. <laughs> in uh, audio form. But uh, yeah. So let me. Um, I, I, I enjoyed that. The only thing I wasn't was. Aren't they like. Related in somehow. I know that that's Moscow's. Grandchild. I guess technically they're not blood related, but it still would it just felt a little bit weird and it felt like they grew up together from what they were saying, like robbing banks or robbing gas stations or something, you know, being thieves. Um, you know, she does kinda give this allure that she's she was interested in Denver way back when. Um and he seems kind of interested in that, but I in I don't I got mixed feelings about, you know, He's like, oh my gosh, you know, my, my old, my old friend is now a a girl and now I want to, you know, have sex with her or something. It's like, "Mm, I I don't know if that, you know, it's a weird topic. It's not because she's a trans woman. It's the fact that all of a sudden it's because have, is Denver always wanted to have sex with, uh, with him before she turned to Julia? I don't. You know, I I don't know. It's a uh, it's a different topic for a different day. We we could go on forever. Um. But yeah, so let me see. Yeah, this is uh, in that uh, next note. Next. Okay, so Professor tells Marcel that he's going to um. He's going out there to figure out information regarding. Uh, or sorry, Marcel needs to go out there you know, grab information uh, on Rio's torture, and I did feel like, uh, Marcel was about to flip one, I mean, this guy, he's like, if you go against the plans, then you are done, you, like, like, you are done, like, I'm gonna start throwing fists at you again, like, this dude does not like to go against the plans, (laughs) you can see red in his eyes, I'm sure that they put him, they, they could put him in a bull ring and he would start... You tell him that they're going to change the plans instead of, you know, ra- waving the red flag and he would start charging at you. <laughs> it, I mean, he looks like he's about to take you down. Um, the Ibiza uh, naming party was fun, but it was all just to bring us down. I should have known that, you know, this all these... Flashback scenes with Nairobi going to the professor, wanting a child. Him saying yes. All this positive positivity that was surrounding Nairobi. You know, she wants to get married after this. She wants to go see her kids. She wants to go. You know, she wants to um, go. You know, live. And so, it very much seemed that she was, you know, going to be taken down in this last Ibiza uh, naming party is what happens, you know, it, um, it's the last hoorah before she is taken down, and so I was like, oh, I wrote, oh, fuck, I was wrong, um, yeah, and so she was dressed in all red, I should have, I should have known, I should have known, uh, you know, the forebodingness, Better Call Saul has been playing around with, um, you know, uh, iconography in movies, you know, having people hold certain things or stand beside certain signs, or you know, do certain things that make you think, "Oh my gosh, they're done. They're gonna get killed. They're gonna get shot. They're gonna get hit by a bus. They're gonna, you know, something's gonna happen," and uh, they're kind of playing around with that illusion, you know. So, if you know anything about like a, like The Godfather and oranges or something like that, you know, check you know check that stuff out. You know, the forebodingness towards death, and so um, yeah, so. That was a crazy-ass episode. Let me think about predictions real quick. It's episode six. We have two more episodes on this part four season. I I found out how the seasons are actually uh, categorized. I looked on Wikipedia. So season one is part one, part two, and season two is part three part four which what the fuck that is the most confusing shit i've ever heard of i I might have even found that out on previous podcasts but for anyone's interest um that's how they're actually going so if you were going by the technical technical aspects of the show we are in late season two of money heist but we are not going to call it that we're going to just stick with the parts just because that's how they're naming it on the netflix shows it's too confusing otherwise so, yes, I hope everyone is staying safe out there during these uh, the COVID times. I don't know if what officially we're going to start calling this time. You know, the pandemic times, the B.C. times. Uh, I guess B.C. times would be before corona times would be before all this happened. But um, worldwide, I hope everyone is staying safe, staying inside, washing your hands, wash your groceries. I think that's one part not everyone's uh, emphasized on. I, I, I've decided I'd you know, sanitize and do everything to my groceries and stuff before I walk inside and, you know, got to make sure uh, all sanitized and uh, feeling good, feeling fresh. But um, yeah, hopefully we can get back to what is going to be called the quote unquote new normal soon. And uh, we'll get back to even in better things, you know, movies and, uh, you know, even streaming stuff is going to start halting soon if they aren't able to, um sh- you know, shoot some of this stuff. So let- let's, uh, Hope for you know the better of everything to you know for that to happen, and obviously small business get back to work. Um, uh, let me see. Support the podcast if you have a few extra dollars you're willing to uh, help out. Um, PayPal me slash the all Podcast. Um, comments, questions, concerns. Lucky Doll Podcast at gmail.com. Twitter, Lucky Doll Podcast. Facebook, Instagram, Twitch. YouTube, Discord links are all below in the show description. We cannot do this podcast without you. Um, if you have, like I said, comments, questions, concerns about how we can improve on the podcast, let me know, and um, we'll we'll take in suggestions and you know see what else we can do to improve the podcast experience. If you want to support and you don't have any. Uh, Cash to you know fork out. That's totally okay. You can subscribe on YouTube. That helps just as much. You can subscribe or follow on Twitch. That both of those help also. Um, also uh, five stars and sharing the podcast help tremendously as well. Um, the podcast experience is pretty much unique to every podcast you listen to. So, um, you know, some people want to gain knowledge. Some people want to be entertained. Some people want to hear jokes. Um. I'm just kind of here, you know, blabbering on, giving some information on my opinions on, uh, you know, some digital media I've watched. And, you know, the main reason I do this is because I realized how many seasons, how many movies, how much have I actually watched, but I can't 100% regurgitate it. So this kind of helps me capture everything in a little time capsule, a little bottle, you know. You know, obviously, opinions are subject to change. Hell, I might change my opinion on this podcast an hour after I put it out. But still, it's still uh, you know, a capsuled uh, opinion on uh, TV, movies, and media. And uh, I enjoy it. I hope you all do too. So thank you all for listening, watching Locked Out Podcast. We could not do it without you. Check out episode 7, episode 8, season finale uh, review coming out soon. Um, for Money Heist of Part 4 and we'll start gearing toward a new show as well and um, yeah we're taking suggestions thank you and take it easy nobody's watching My take it home